Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 13 Chicago Bears postgame shore as our Bears let one slip right through their fingertips as they lost to the Detroit Lions 34-30 in the game's final minutes. I'm Yaroslav DeWitt. Join with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, it's one of those games where it ends, and like I believe it. It's something that we shouldn't be surprised about yet. I'm still kind of astonished it ended the way it did. How you feeling? The same exact way you are, Will. Like, it, this game was in the Bears' control. From a majority of it, right? But seeing the last kind of final minutes unfold the way they did, it's surprising, but it's not. Because it's the Bears, and it's this 2020 season that they've been awful in. But then again, it's the Lions on the other side. So you take that all into consideration, and then you're like, you're left... I don't know, still kind of wondering what the hell happened. But, yeah, this is a bad football team. And you said it before we went live, Will, bad football team. They find a way to lose. And that just happened in the final minutes of this game. Yep. And also, now we're even for week one. We got the gift from Detroit, and now they stole one from us. So this one is now officially a push, at least this uh, rivalry uh, inside of the division. But, Nick, it's one of those where, for the majority of the game, I was, you know, slightly pleased, uh, at least what we're seeing on offense, uh, in particular with the first half, second half, uh, more issues, and we'll discuss those throughout the show. And unfortunately, it is back-to-back weeks where this Bears defense, they're not holding up their end of the bargain, um, at least to the degree that we should expect from that unit. And all those things we'll be talking about throughout this postgame show. But as we kind of jump into our opening drive and we kind of just begin with our initial thoughts, is there anything more besides surprised yet shouldn't be surprised that you wanted to mention as this kind of your gut feeling here just moments after uh, the Bears squandered this one you know I think just just with everything that kind of happened Will and obviously the 34-30 loss I'm really disappointed in how this defense showed up for the entire game and really I kept tweeting out or I wanted to tweet out like every after every drive like where's the pass rush where's the pass rush does it exist and Khalil Mack got there sometimes but there wasn't any pass rush in this game, and Matt Nagy singled this unit out. He, you know, to have some pride and just to kind of see, what, especially what happened Sunday night against the Packers, they gave up 460 total yards to to the Detroit Lions at home. I know there's no crowd there, but 
Where's their pride? Where is there any defense being played? Why was the middle of the field open all damn day, Will? I just didn't understand. And that was so frustrating to see because I think for the most part, the offense, you know, did their job. They they scored 30. That's, that's something that happens yeah. very <laughs> rarely. It doesn't happen. So for the defense to do what it did and then the offense right at the very end to not be able to just close out the game, it, it really encapsulates what this 2020 NFL season has been for the Bears. Just a complete crap show. Yeah, sure has been. Encapsulates. That's a, a great word here to kind of kick off our postgame show, Nick. Uh, good one there. But, yeah, just like you, I mean, the fact that, you know, the Lions gained over 400 yards through the air makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, you know, you only had – you didn't have Galladay, uh, Jones Jr., who some of the Bears had a good job of uh, – kind of corralling week one had himself a day with over 115 yards and eight catches and it just seemed like everything Stafford wanted to do was uh was there for him it was easy pickings and unfortunately the Bears didn't have any uh resistance uh, in particular in that second half as well but uh there's no excuse for this Bears defense giving up over 400 yards through the air heck even 400 yards of total offense is uh too much for any offense let alone the Detroit Lions offense to go up against this Bears defense and like you said Nick the Bears offense scored 30 freaking points and if they would have done that all season long finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The record would have been uh, completely different. It would be a whole different narrative. And we've always talked about the Bears need to find a way to score 20. They more than did that today. And unfortunately, it still was not enough. So definitely disappointment, yet Again, kind of what we should expect at this point. I guess it just sucks. It's the first time they've lost six straight games since 2002. So it's been 18 years since they lost six straight games. And I said on a preview show, it's real hard to lose six straight. So you better believe on this week's preview show, I'll mention how difficult it is to lose seven straight. But the difficulty of the opponent gets maybe a little bit more going up against the Texans next week. But let's not look too far ahead. Let's take a step back, look at this game. And Nick, what's going to be your Week 13 Miller Lite Monster Moment? Yeah, well, obviously it could just be the Trubisky fumble um, it should be. right at the end there. And because that gave the Detroit Lions, you know, access. Basically just uh, the door was wide open for the Detroit offense to get into the end zone because the defense wasn't going to stop them. I knew that right from the get-go. We've seen this red zone offense defense for the Bears pretty phenomenal within the first, what, 10, 11 weeks? Then just the past now two games it's been non-existent so that should be the monster moment that gave the, the Detroit Lions basically the victory when that fumble happens and I think I have to rewatch it the play but it looks like Darnell Mooney is crossing the middle of the field in front of Trubisky and he just doesn't pull the trigger on on, on that play and I don't know if Mooney even gets the the first down but at least it's not a fumble the Detroit Lions don't recover right there in the Bears territory and there's a chance for the defense to, you know, make the inevitable score of maybe last a little bit longer, if anything. So it has to be that that strip sack um, and then the fumble by Trubisky in the final minutes of the game. It has to be, honestly. That was the you know the moment of the game that just totally, uh, as you said, gave the Lions every opportunity to come away with this win. Anytime that you turn the ball over and give the opponent their ball inside the red zone, you're asking for trouble. And if you do it within the game's final two minutes, uh, when you're only up, I think at that point, what was it? They're only up sitting there at like four points. It's, again, you're not even four points. It was three points. You're only sitting up three points. You give them the ball inside the 10. It's, I mean, either it's going to overtime or you're going to lose this game. And unfortunately for us, the Bears ended up uh, outright losing this contest. I can't think of a bigger moment. Uh, there is a play by a defender that I want to talk about. We'll talk about it when we get to the third quarter of the show that was potentially going to be my monster moment. But uh, nevertheless, the Bears did not give us that opportunity for it to be so by the fact that the offense kind of squandered it away and you talked about Mitch missing perhaps Mooney on that play. I thought there was a few plays in this game where 
uh, he either took a sack or he uh, looked elsewhere and had more of a contested throw where perhaps Mooney underneath would have been a more intriguing option to see what he can do in space because the Bears receivers today were doing a better job of making plays after the catch more so than we've seen all season long. And uh, unfortunately, that play specifically, Mitch did not give Mooney that chance. But of course, our monster moments are brought to you by Miller Lite. And right now, with just all the social distancing happening, uh, just watching a Chicago Bears game with friends over a beer, it may just look a little differently than it has in the past. But as the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time and watching a game like that Nick I think you and I can both kind of wish for some Miller time right now on on the podcast and of course Miller Lite they are the only beer of the Chicago Bears they have a long-term partnership with the Bears they've been a staple at Soldier Field for decades you and I we have many great memories toasting touchdowns with Miller Lights with our friends our families at home games and of course, there was a lot of those opportunities today, but there's also equally the amount of opportunities for the Lions. But nevertheless, here is to the Bears and here is to the original light beer. It's Miller time. So no matter what or where you're watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Light for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories at 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, you're listening to Chicago Audible. This is our Week 13 Chicago Bears postgame show. The Bears let one slip at the final moments, lose 34-30, to fall to 5-7 and now on the season, losing six straight games. And, Nick, as we kind of continue throughout our first quarter of our postgame show, do you have a stat that kind of stands out to you that is either, if you want to go positive, feel free, or maybe just telling to how this game kind of unfolded? You know, I, look, I wanted to go positive here, and I still am going to remain there because the 31 carries for 140 yards and three rushing touchdowns, I think the Bears have found something. I know it's the Detroit Lions, you guys, and I know I'm, this is an optimistic portion, but it's going to go away real quickly, I promise. But the Bears did do some good things on the ground today, and that shouldn't be overshadowed, and obviously the loss, you, you want to do that, but... Since um, that bye week, the Bears have talked about they're going to go back to what they're whatever they were doing in the first two weeks, and I think they have done a pretty good job in these losses to Green Bay and Detroit to at least get the running game, you know, more effective. And you saw that today; there were open lanes for David Montgomery, Cordell Patterson, but each one of those guys were effective in the ground game because they made good cuts and were able to get upfield. So they did some good things on the ground, you guys. I don't want that to be just lost in this loss to the Lions, but. It's uh, it's going to be uh, once we start continue talking about this game. Yeah, I'll just rip off the Band-Aid because we're going to do it. Uh, we have to do it. The Bears defense, as I said, they did not play to their standard. Uh, in particularly, two aspects of this game, they really, really failed. Uh, it's going to be both on third down and in the red zone. Uh, they gave up a touchdown in every single red zone trip. Now, again, I know the final one, they were three for three, the Lions were. The final one, Detroit started inside the 10. That's hard for any defense, but it's really the other ones that kind of grind my gears just a, a little bit more. And maybe on top of that, Nick, I don't know how perturbed you are with the Bears' third down defense, but it just felt like every time the Lions were in third and what have you, uh, Matthew Stafford would drop back, he'd find a way to convert uh, on that play and uh, they did a good job week one against this defense on third down. I mentioned that on the preview, and it was something I was paying attention to. And the fact that the Bears, technically, at least statistically speaking, had the second-best third down defense and the second-best red zone defense, uh, Detroit on third down, at least historically this season, they were the 25th-ranked offense on third down. Uh, and today they're 6 of 11, and each of those pickups and those conversions were key uh, to sustaining their scoring drives. And it's one of those where... They either, you know, they got the Lions into third and long. Detroit finds a way to convert. And then from that point forward, it was this easy sledding as they found their way into the red zone, into the end zone, and putting points up on this board. So for me, uh, inconsistency, or I guess it was consistent, so just poor play in the red zone and on third down for this Bears defense uh, are the two stats that, honestly, I I thought this game was going to be close, but I thought it was going to be lower scoring and that was going to be due to the defense uh, playing up to uh, what I would expect them to. It didn't happen. Uh, the Bears' offense played a little bit above. Bears' defense played a little bit below, and here we are still. Uh, the end result is still uh, the same. But 
Uh, Nick, we can move into the second quarter of our show now, talk about this Bears offense. Uh, They did score on the ground three times in the first half. First time in our lifetime. Last time they did that was 1990. Bears makeshift, as I guess people are still calling it, but I'm going to say the retooled, uh, recalibrated offensive line for the second straight week uh, continues to, I say, pay dividends, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would definitely say so, Will. Um, Cody Whitehair just looks a little bit more natural, plays a little bit faster at that left guard position. Sam Mustafer, he's shown, like, we were talking about this last week, or we're just in preparation for this game. Like, we can, we could see what Sam Mustafer can be at that center position and maybe work around him and putting James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, because he's looking pretty solid out there. Of course, there was one play where he completely is not able to get to the second level, but look, for an undrafted guy, I mean, I think he's playing some good football for a Bears offensive line that has played really, really poor for the entire year. But, yeah, I would say this this retooled, like you said, Will, this retooled offensive line is playing better. It's giving the quarterbacks time or Mitch time to throw. Whether he makes the right decision, that's on him. But there is time. And, and there are lanes for these backs, whether Montgomery or Patterson, to run through. But with that said, Will, it still wasn't obviously it wasn't enough for for the Bears to win this game, and more so on the defense and his offensively. But I do like what I'm seeing from that unit so far. Yeah, I thought in the first half the Bears established a run. They committed to the run, and they kind of put Mitch in that game manager mode. And Detroit did do some things differently than they have in the past against us. Uh, with that being playing more zone instead of man, and that's something that we were curious if they would or not. Uh, real quick, Nick, it does say you muted yourself, so I don't know if you did personally or purposely or not, so you may have to back out and back back in. Just letting you know what I see, and I know what happened on the last show, uh, so just making sure I'm uh, on top of things there. But it seemed like in the first half the Bears really wanted to commit to the run, and they did a good job of doing so. And it really- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. It worked out, and then you go into the half, you come out of it, and they decide, you know what, let's just put the game on Mitch's shoulders. Let's throw a little bit more, whether it be in the third quarter where the opening drive, they totally forget to hand the ball off to Montgomery. I think they gave him like a, a little screen kind of pass uh, in like a second and long situation. And then in the game's final drive for the Bears offense, uh, not the final final, but the final, uh, when they fumbled that ball, they decided let's just throw it instead of running it and forcing Detroit into their timeouts. Uh, Nick, is this yet another example and another game where uh, halftime adjustments or the lack thereof is yet another thorn in our side? Yeah, and it always has been, Will. I think whatever Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy said at halftime, they just need to sh- be mute. Just don't even say anything because it obviously doesn't work. They Again, another third quarter where the Bears fail to score any points, and it's been very, very consistent. They've been really good at that, Will, just not scoring points in the third quarter, but... Yeah, what in that first drive of the third quarter, Will, we have um, obviously the Bears are in a third and long situation um, because they can't complete passes during a movie. There's a deep pass there, but there was also a penalty on Jermaine Effetti, a false start. For some reason, Will, like even though the Bears offense had some success in the first half, I knew when that false start happened, like the Bears are not going to, they're not going to make up for this. It's going to be, they're going to punt and they're going to give the ball back to Detroit, which on the next possession scored a touchdown. And that's just how the Bears operate. If they get behind the chains, you know, as as a fan watching, probably as an opposing team playing the Bears, this offense is not good enough to make up for the mistakes they make. So that gives, I think, teams an opportunity to really get back into games. And that happened to start the third quarter. And, you know, the next drive for the Lions, they go on a 10-play, 6-6-yard drive to score a touchdown. Yeah, it's... uh. Interesting, I guess, uh, yet it's nothing that should surprise us is in the second half, particularly the third quarter, the Bears yet to find answers really on both sides of the ball uh, to figure out what the heck is happening. And the second half of this Bears defense uh, really fell apart, you know, giving up 21 points in that second half, uh, 14 in 
the fourth, fourth quarter again. I know, uh, I know. Uh, Bears offense gave the Lions a gift here at the end, but still uh, wasn't the effort that we were expecting from uh, really any unit. But looking at this Bears offense specifically, uh, Nick, I don't know where you want to take this conversation. I mean, we talked a little bit about you know the offense line changing and really helping. And I know on the preview show I mentioned to expect a combination of Montgomery and Patterson because that's what worked week one. Uh, we saw it today. They combined for over 120, about 130 yards on the ground, just those two. And uh, I liked what I saw, uh, particularly with uh, Montgomery. He was looking strong through contact. And I think what we're seeing, at least what we saw today, is what he can do if he's not being contacted until he reaches or gets close to that second level. What did you see out of David Montgomery today that perhaps gives you hope for maybe the rest of the season for him, um, but specifically maybe 2021 if he can get an offensive line to play uh, like they did in the first half today in front of him? Honestly, well, I think it's a lot of the stuff that I saw early on in the season, but now he just has blocking to go behind it. So when he's making people miss and making these cuts and just fighting through through tacklers and dragging people and his jerseys being stretched out five yards long. It's like, that's what David Montgomery's been doing, but now he actually has some decent blocking to go behind it. And absolutely, that's I'm looking for that same David Montgomery in, for the last couple of games and in 2021, no doubt. So a lot of the same, but I think I saw a little bit of, I don't know if it's a change, but I liked how Cordell Patterson was running the football because there were just times where he's looking to bounce it outside, but he makes a cut. We'll go back in, and you know, even on the broadcast, you heard, oh, Patterson's a guy that wants to get to the edge. He doesn't want anything to do in between the tackles. I wasn't really seeing that as much as maybe it was being mentioned on the broadcast because there are times where he makes a cut to go in, and he's gaining extra yards, lowering that shoulder. There was a nice little dive that he had at, at, at the sideline, gets the first down. So I think we've seen Cordell Patterson really become more effective and just more fluent as a runner which is really cool um but I, I think those are just things that you want to see for the last remaining games and before i, I end um, my analysis here will I, someone asked me where i got the hat deep dish tees mike schaefer deep dish tees who who sent the neck gator to matt Nagy. really good guy does a lot of good stuff for the bears that's where i got it there you go. Yeah, it's one of those, Nick, I hope they can build off of this effort on the ground. And like you, I did find myself pleased with Patterson's ability to find yards between the tackles, whether it be the cutback lanes that he was finding. And it seemed like he was lowering his center of gravity a little bit as well when he was rushing, which has always been an issue with him. And, uh, you know, running a little bit too tall and not lowering the shoulder as much. And that seemed to be changed. And I know in the one run that Montgomery had, and he was getting yanked from behind, I swear his jersey stretched. Uh, a good eight yards there, and he's still fighting through it. Uh, but for David Montgomery, who's never scored a rushing touchdown against the Lions, I uh, had two today, 72 yards. I almost got there uh, with my bold prediction because mine was 110 yards for Monty on the ground with one rushing touchdown. Glad he was able to double the output in terms of scoring. And I do believe, Nick, if the Bears would have just kept with the run like they did in the first half, I would have hit that mark. I, I really do. And I feel like they knew they were kind of getting close to it. And they're like, all right, Mitch, it's, it's all over to you. We can't have that happen. Not this year. No way. No how. But uh, I think that will be the positive of this game was the Bears' ability to run the ball. But even then, Nick, how much do you take it with a grain of salt? Just knowing that Detroit was still, you know, bottom of the barrel in terms of their run defense, 28th in the NFL entering this week. That's the thing, Will. Everything that we saw today, the success on the ground, and I know, that, like I said, maybe they could build off of this, it is against Detroit. This is the one team that Matt Nagy and the Bears have always had success with, regardless of new, a new coaching uh, interim coach being in this game specifically, but that's the thing. Now you have Houston next week, and again, we'll do our scouting reports and our homework for that one, but it's Detroit. Everyone's been able to do whatever they wanted to Detroit, so... I think, though, just based off these two losses, the Green Bay and, and the Lions today, the offensive line, they're not being – it doesn't seem like they're being pushed back as much, and they're actually you know, moving the line of scrimmage a little bit and opening up some lanes for these running backs. That I, I, Maybe that's just uh, initial perception. i got to go back and really watch it, but that's what it seems like to me, and I think you could still build off of that, but we'll have to wait and see, Will, because – we always get fooled about the Bears' rushing defense. Is this just another mirage of, like, you know, maybe positivity that really isn't there? 
There's so many of those mirages uh, that maybe you can coat in some of that positivity. And I I feel bad because I am at the point of the season where you get people on the Twitter account like, hey, that's two negative tweets in a row. I'm like, dude, I only get what's in front of me to talk about. Like, I can't find silver linings in a pile of garbage as much as I'm, I'm trying here. And I really do believe it's the preseason perspective that kind of does kind of weigh that down because even when we were covering this team in 2016 2017 we knew what kind of seasons were in store and we're looking for the room of growth but right now the only thing we're seeing all year long is a continuation of 2019 which was straight up regression from the playoff run in 2018 and it's frustrating to cover it's frustrating as fans to watch and you better believe as uh, players that are a part of that culture from a couple seasons ago it has to be frustrating to watch this thing just totally you know, unfold in front of their eyes and kind of go right through their hands as well. Uh, as we kind of transition here and talking about the Bears' ability to throw the ball through the air, I do find, again, another maybe mirage of positivity, um, but game manager Mitch uh, was doing some decent things today. Again, the fumble sucks. Uh, it ruined the game, but if we – push that to the side and look at everything prior, maybe the first half. Uh, and heck, he even had a pretty clutch uh, drive early on in the fourth quarter where he had some really big throws on third down. I thought he had, with the protection, a pretty good game where he can pick apart the zone. And that's something we haven't seen him do too much. Usually he gets confused by it, whether it's uh, you know running out of bounds, which he didn't do today. He threw it away uh, when he had a similar situation that we we're griping about in the last show. Uh, whatever it need to be. What was your just take of, I guess, Mitch's day in general? I thought we saw some good things, even though, uh, again, you got to take them with a grain of salt. And I thought this may be our last hurrah uh, for Mitch as a Chicago Bear. And if this was it, it wasn't anything uh, you know too great to really write home about. Yeah, absolutely. My fantasy team knows it because I went with Mitch for today, which was a mistake. But I think early on, Will, watching him – throw the football like it came out with a tight spiral and where it needed to be ball placement there were a couple passes to Allen robinson where you're like man that ball you know it looked good like that's a good tight spiral from mitchell trubisky and for the most part he made good decisions in that first half outside of one pass to cole Komet that was you know could have been picked off there was there was one pass well where again had to watch the all twenty two on it but he targets Jimmy Graham in the middle of the field who's running a post the safety's coming down on it it looked like that corner that was also with Jimmy Graham completely left Allen Robinson back right corner in the end zone I'll have to go back and watch and see if that's true but vision sometimes um and like I said decision decision making for the most part I think for Mitch was good but there are a couple plays that you point out like could have been different and I think on that drive that play that I was referencing um I think the Bears do still end up scoring but hey like those are things that you're you've been in the NFL long enough now and we know the same mistakes are constantly happening with Mitch like that should be thrown Allen Robinson and not Jimmy Graham where he's double covered so but I would say overall we've definitely seen Mitch play a lot worse but this wasn't the game that he usually has against Detroit right he usually throws three touchdown passes only one and obviously the fumble. So it, it, it hurts at the end there because that's what we're going to remember. It doesn't matter everything else. The final play that we'll remember in this game from this Bears-Lions matchup is Mitchell Trubisky holding on to the football too long, being careless with it, not really holding on to it, and then fumbling, giving the Lions a position to get the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I do believe that Mitch had those opportunities for more scores, but what the Bears did early on in this game is once they got into the red zone, they put it strictly on the ground. Their first two scoring drives, uh, they ran four or five plays. Uh, I don't have the number in front of me directly, but I remember it was one of the two. <laughs> and they were able to get uh, keep it on the ground and just pretty much run it right down the throat for the Lions, and Montgomery and Patterson were able to get into the end zone, which was awesome because we have not seen the Bears find a way to run the ball effectively all year long, let alone run the ball efficiently and aggressively inside of the red zone. And that really was a a sight for sore eyes. Uh, I tweeted early in the game when uh, the Bears found a way on defense to get a turnover on downs, and the Bears 
answered that with a long scoring drive. Primarily, those yards came on the ground. That felt like, and then the snow started to fall. It all just kind of felt like Chicago Bears football, uh, at least for just a, a glimpse of this game. Uh, so that was exciting to see. But I do believe uh, the Bears' ability to run the ball in the red zone did kind of hurt your fantasy team, um, but it didn't really end or hurt the end result of this game. If anything, it probably helped uh, this offense continue to move and continue to keep some uh, momentum. Is there anything or anyone in particular, I guess, through the air, though, uh, as a target that you wanted to mention? I know we saw a lot of yards from A-Rob, um, but I thought guys like Anthony Miller, uh, Mooney, and even like a Cole Komet uh, did find themselves with some pretty good plays today. Uh, Komet was someone who... His five catches, uh, 37 yards, even though that's not a huge uh, output for any one guy. Uh, the five catches was second most on the team. And he was someone that when he had the ball in his hands and was able to get, and he had the touchdown, and a little bit of steam behind him, he's someone that I can envision as he grows in the NFL uh, will be hard to bring down. And that's the kind of the role I think you and I have been hoping to see him have all year long. Yeah, absolutely. I liked what I saw from Cole Komet, but I think Darnell Mooney, and you look at the stat line, nothing crazy, four receptions, 39 yards, but the the speed is so evident every time he catches the ball because when there's a linebacker over the middle trying to get the proper angle, it, it you can't do it. Not on Darnell Mooney. He's able to just outrun guys. And there was a screen pass too, Will, where it looks like he's going to get tackled from just an ankle tackle, but I... I can almost bet that you won't find that. You can go back and watch all the games. There's not a time where Darnell Mooney goes down by an ankle tackle. That's just not how he's built. That's not how he plays the game. He's looking to kind of stay up and try to get those additional yards. I love that. absolutely love that about Darnell Mooney. And that's one of the guys when I think the 2021 or whatever this team looks like, obviously it'll look a lot different, which we're probably both anticipating. Darnell Mooney, I cannot wait to watch and see his growth as a receiver and just as a weapon in an offense an actual offense but yeah i really like seeing what he's capable of doing and again the four receptions 39 yards not gonna you know wow you but it's how he got those yards and the first downs that he got with those 39 yards on those four receptions i think is what's key in projecting that moving forward and for future years can't really argue with you there nick uh anything else about this bears offense that you wanted to take some time to discuss with me after this game not really, Will. I mean, they put up 30 points, which is nice, but we got to talk about this defense because there's a lot of issues on that side of the ball. All right. Well, hey, before we do talk. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Talk about that Bears defense, Nick. You know, uh, in a few days we'll be doing our preview show, and when we do those preview shows, we do like to give some shout-outs to people who donate to our podcast. And uh, I know I've been very uh, grateful for everyone who has over the last few months and uh, do you want to let people know real quick, you know, how they can support our show? That way, when we get to our preview show, uh, entering this Bears-Texans week, uh, how we can uh, or how they can support us and how they can also get a shout-out here on our upcoming episode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and again, everyone who's donated in the past and gotten shout-outs before, thank you so much. But if you want to get a shout-out on the next preview podcast, here's how you can make that happen. On Venmo or PayPal, if you send us any kind of donation, we'll give you a shout-out. And on Venmo, our handles at the Chicago Audible. PayPal is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And what these donations help us do is to keep the show going. In this, uh, you know, really rough season as it is right now, it's, it's you know, a little tougher to, to do that. But this pays for the software that we use, the recording equipment, the cameras. So things that we, we just need to make this show operate from a technical standpoint. So if you want to get a shout out, like we said, on the next podcast, which is the preview for the Houston Texans, you can send us a donation at Venmo at the Chicago Audible or PayPal, which is www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And again, everyone who's donated and is thinking of donating, thank you so much in advance. You guys are, you know, what make this makes this show go. Absolutely. And if you can't, if you don't have the monetary means, I know it's December, it's the holiday season, and 
things get tight and a lot of presents to buy and all those things, uh, just send us a review or uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. That helps just as much uh, to kind of help get the word out of uh, the Chicago Audible. And it can help with us uh, potentially landing some more sponsors down the road as well. So definitely multiple ways you can help support our show. But, Nick, we can jump right into the third quarter uh, of this episode and talk about this Bears defense, which, uh, you know, for back-to-back weeks, uh, finding myself uh, scratching my head, wanting to pull my hair out uh, more so from this unit than probably the last few years combined. Yeah, Will, and I think this like the this two-game stretch, Will, I think is almost reminiscent of like the Tressman uh, years where the defense was just so bad. It was... You're just, you just want it to end, like, the season. Like, I don't want to see any more Bears football because it doesn't matter what side of the football you look at. It's bad. It's not what you want it to be, and that's what's so concerning. I'm trying to find just real quick um, the team stats. Obviously, the, the Bears last Sunday night gave up 41 to the Packers and also 393 total yards, and then obviously today it's 34 points and then over, what, 460 uh, yards. So, for a defense that's supposed to have some pride, play with some pride, and obviously has more playmakers than the offense does, they didn't show it. It wasn't there today. And like you said earlier in the show, Stafford was able to do whatever he wanted. And I don't even think he really looked over, like, is Robert Quinn going to get me? No, probably not. I Let me go to my second read, my third read. Khalil Mack you always have to worry about, but he only got home or obviously got a little bit of pressure a few times throughout this entire game and if those guys aren't getting there nobody is will and that's what the problem is the secondary starts to break down you get big plays happening there's miscommunication i think for the second week now with jalen johnson and gibson like who to pass over the receiver to it's like things start to happen when time is just there all day for stafford and it's been really i don't know it that's been strange to watch just the the downward trajectory of this Bears defense these past two weeks because I wouldn't have expected that. No, I mean, it's been an issue. It's been a struggle uh, for a good portion of this season, but uh, during this losing streak, too, and the last two weeks, just the non-existent pass rush is, is tough. I know Mac had a sack that was taken away with a bad penalty, and, you know, it happened, um, but it did seem like whenever there was any pressure on Stafford, it was simple pressure to evade whether it be you know one step to my left step up in the pocket and we're good and there wasn't any of that interior push that I think really could have rattled Stafford today uh, I know we got some good plays from like Bilal Nichols with that interception when he read that screen which I was hoping to be uh, my monster moment but outside of that you're not looking I know they had a uh, you know Mario Edwards was out there John Jenkins was playing out there Akeem Hicks was out there uh, urban, but you're not getting any of that interior push and all the pressure fell on the edges to generate some. And it didn't really come to fruition. And you can't you can't blame well you can blame Robert Quinn, but you can't blame us for, you know, knowing that's not gonna happen. Like we entered this week knowing or at least expecting nothing from Robert Quinn. And I know the Bears are looking for a spark when it comes to the edges because they sat James Vodders and they started rookie Gibson instead because they're just trying to find something. And then I saw Gibson out there early on in this game for his very first play, and he gets shoved on the ground. And I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> like That's not helpful at all. And I know he's a rookie and he's raw and he's a more of a developmental project, but still, the Bears are trying to find answers. They're trying to find a spark when it comes to that pass rush. And today, it, yet again, it, it wasn't there. And Nick, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but is there any hope for them to even find it at all for the rest of this year? I don't think so, Will. The guys are not winning their one-on-one matchups. They're they're not generating that pressure up the middle, which I think allows these edge guys to kind of make plays, or it has in the past. That's, that's not existent, Will. That's not happening like it used to. We don't see the blitzes as much as we should from Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan, and even if they do, it is already exposing the middle of the field, which is super Super open today for Matthew Stafford to just pick apart whenever he wanted to. But I really don't expect this to get much better, to be completely honest. I, I, I know whenever that ball is snapped, I'm like, okay, I should start counting how many seconds whatever quarterback it is has back there because that's what it's been. And if if, if Khalil Mack is not getting there, 
I don't have faith that anybody else is. Especially in this this losing streak, this six-game losing streak, what, they have six sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, six sacks in the six-game losing streak, which is, you know, equating to why there's big plays happening. The Bears are giving up over 30 points a game in the last two games, and it, it's just not, it's a recipe for disaster. That's what it really is, and I, I think, too, that the miscommunication between the secondary, like, there are guys... And it was pointed out in the broadcast where maybe Roquan Smith is jumping the underneath route. Oh, that's that's opening up the big play in the middle of the field. And we saw that so many times where I don't know if defenders are just they're trying to aggressively make a play, make a turnover happen. Because, look, this interception, like when was the last time we even saw one of those? Um, and I wonder if guys are just completely missing on their assignments to try and make a play on defense, and that's allowing big plays to happen, This the opposing offense to stay on the field. But I have no faith. To, to Again, to answer your question, I have no faith in this pass rush because outside of Cleo Mack, who's going to bring it? Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, you would expect Akeem Hicks. I don't think he was 100-100% today. Uh, he did look fine uh, when they were running towards him, but in terms of like generating a pass rush, uh, really wasn't there and when you look elsewhere uh, it's intermittent of who you would expect to maybe even get a rush I think there's one drive where I was pleased with the Bears pass rush and I was like in the second quarter when the Lions were down by 10 I think the score was like 16-6 and that's the one that Mac had the, the sack that was taken away but the pass rush even afterwards started to hit or at least get close and put some pressure on Stafford that made him force that ball a little quick uh, and then we did end up forcing Detroit into a punt. But outside of that one drive, it was lacking uh, all the way throughout this game. And when you're just looking at this Bears defense in general, Nick, were you surprised as much zone as they played today? I thought that may have been another issue. And I get, you know, without a pass rush, it doesn't really matter if you're playing man or if you're playing zone. You're going to get picked apart one way or the other if a quarterback has time. Um, but I thought the zone coverage today was, again, an interesting decision, yet also wasn't even really executed all too well with the miscommunications that they had between the safeties and the corners. Yeah, so I think with because they're playing zone primarily for the most of this game, and a guy like Stafford who you know is going to give you an opportunity every single game, he's going to, but he knows how to where to put the ball to beat these zone coverage plays and when you look at the Detroit Lions well there's obviously Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson right and you can you can count on Amendola to make some big plays and he did today but you would think you would like those matchups in a, in a man-to-man coverage like with Fuller and Jalen Johnson I know there was you know there was coverage busts and they each gave up touchdowns right but you would think you would like that going into a game plan but that's not what Chuck Pagano likes to do and Will I'm already I, I mean I don't know if this is a shock but I'm tired of Chuck Pagano now I know this defense has been great for a majority of the year or great is too strong of a word it's been good and sometimes very good but Chuck Pagano's defense is not what it was with Vic Fangio just how he schematically does things and obviously players are playing better in 2018 but still like how he runs things like it's too soft of a zone for me to where you're giving here's free yardage take this yardage and then we'll 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 really um tighten down in the red zone well, if you don't tie down the red zone, you're giving these yards, you're giving up points, and you're giving up touchdowns. More, um, more specifically, why this doesn't work. So, I'm, I'm, I'm really like obviously we're all done as Bears fans collectively with this season, but when we say clean house, that that literally means everybody. And Chuck Pagano is one of the issues too, as well. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many issues. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I mean, you can start top bottom from. You know, Ted Phillips all the way down to uh, Dave Ragone as uh, your quarterback's coach, co-offensive coordinator, whatever his role is right now. Uh, it's it's not t- it's time for a, a change, and it's not time to um, accept, I think, anything less than that. Again, this is the first time the Bears have lost six straight games since 2002. I was 10 years old, uh, so I think that makes you about eight. Uh, that's, that's unacceptable. Uh, we've seen... Tressman teams not go through this. Uh, Levy Smith was fired for way less than this. John Fox was fired for way less than this. And I know there were, I think this team is more talented than some of those other teams. Uh, And they're just not finding a way to even get anything out of uh, the potential of this ball club, which I think is the most uh, stressful and frustrating part of watching this entire season. 
on top of that, all the waste of money, this free agency where you could have made some other decisions, you could have saved some money, maybe got similar output, and now you're really strapping yourself for the future. So mortgaging the future and it all backfiring on top of just the immediate struggles, but just projecting forward, it, it just really hurts. Like just looking at what the future of this team can look like for the immediate and foreseeable future, it just really hurts because uh, things are going to have to change and it may have to get worse before it can get better. Uh, I already mentioned third down issues and red zone issues, and we talked about the Bears' coverage issues and pass rush issues. At least Adrian Peterson didn't run for over you know a thousand yards on us today. Uh, he had just two touchdowns, but. Uh, at least that didn't happen. But, Will, the, the game-winning touchdown, Adrian Peterson absolutely runs over Roquan Smith. I had someone tweet I tweeted that out. Someone was like, well, he's a generational talent. And I'm like, he's also 35 freaking years old. And Roquan Smith is just entered the league in 2018. I don't care what he did in the past. That should not happen. Insult to injury to how this game ends. Like a 35-year-old running over a number eight overall pick who has been playing pretty good football as of late gets run over will and uh, i saw them like wow this is rock bottom i mean obviously setting in that the bears were going to lose to the lions which is already rock bottom it hasn't we hadn't seen that with matt Nagy here as head coach but it happened they gave it up and seeing that happen to roquan smith who that was that was tough to watch yeah uh, that's one of those that uh I was already checked out by then, getting things ready oh, yeah. for the stream. I was like, whatever. I, like, I saw the touchdown, and I saw your tweet, and I was like, I'm not going to watch the replay. i got to get things set up here. <laughs> and at that point, I was actually going through. I was doing a math exercise of the Bears' average margin of victory this year, uh, and their five wins, which came out to four points per victory. So you're looking at uh, 20 points separating us between uh, whatever our record, five and seven now for uh, to 0 and 12. Uh, so only 20 points is, is the difference here. It's uh, slim margins when it comes to this Chicago Bears team. Is there anything else on defense? Uh, I thought, hey, someone's home, huh? Yep, someone just got home. You, you can definitely hear the garage door opening. It always, it always <laughs> vibrates my ear when I was like, and I know the sound of your garage door, which I think I'm proud of uh, at this stage of my life, just knowing, hey, you know what, that's that's Nick's garage door. But <laughs> is there anything else? Uh, I, again, there's some positives that I would mention, like uh, that very first drive of the game, DeAndre Houston Carson and Buster Screen with those back-to-back open field tackles to totally take out uh, that promising opening drive for the lions and you know, things like that which i just said it so i did give it its due glory but it's hard to look at those and even have a smile or even want to talk about those when a game just gets you know thrown up in the air and goes the wrong direction like it did today no i mean that's a good i'm glad that you did mention because those are really good plays those are really good tackles from secondary players on you know some some bigger guys right and i think that's Obviously, gave it its due diligence, but it gets overshadowed with how this defense really did play, which is very, very poorly for the second game. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. In a row, and you know what, Will? If you're done with it, talking about this defense, I'm done with it too. <laughs> Fine, fair enough. We can definitely move on and jump on into the final mm-hmm. quarter of this post-game show, and we can begin with our... A quick hit on special teams. Uh, let's see. Most of my special teams notes come early on here in this game. You have the 45-yard kickoff return to kind of start off the game. Uh, that's Patterson's sixth of the year that's went for 40 or more, which is the most in the NFL. That's a positive. And then Santos, he hit that field goal in the opening drive, which was his 16th straight. Uh, he missed the extra point thereafter. Um, that's another side note within that one. But anything on special teams, uh, that you wanted to mention. It really wasn't a deciding factor one way or the other in this game. Um, but is, is there anything else in that third phase? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess that's probably a good thing, Will, when special teams doesn't have too much of an impact, unless it's Cordell Patterson really making a big play. But we did see both teams miss extra points. And hearing the field, the, the doink, it, like, 
automatically gave me bad memories to you know another dunk that we, we shouldn't talk about but yeah nothing to really report on special teams like, like you said it wasn't a huge factor in this one other than Cordell Patterson's good return like we've seen all season from him I don't know Will if you saw before the game the the little interview he did with who was it um was it Luke Canellis there was uh Jeff Joniak um but man Patterson's such a personality he really is he was just laughing throughout the entire thing and wanted me to laugh and you know that was about the the highlight of my day before the Bears game started and then it all just went downhill from there are we ever going to get a how about them bears again from Patterson on social media? Uh, it's one of those early on. That was a lot of fun. I mean, we saw them last year early on this season. It was great to see again. It always makes my post game uh, that much better. I hope, I don't know. Can we ever see that again? Like even if they win, like why would you do that? Yeah. It's like at the point where if you do it, it's like, how about you win some more game? You know, you're just going to get a bunch of negative backlash, but that's just who Cordell Patterson is. He's is that, you know, just um, just full of life. But I don't know, Will. Like, when you lose to the Lions, and is there a chance to get another one of them? How about them? I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Uh, let's not even get into the call of the audible moment. I have a hundred. I'll put a hundred dollars down. It's going to be the same as our monster moment, like right now. Like, we don't even, we can discuss it. Um, but if I had a guess, if we're going to take away one play from this entire game, it's going to be the same thing we talked about at the beginning of this episode. You can definitely prove me wrong, and I'll give you some time to think about it. Um, but unscripted, not segment, discussion. Do they make a change? Do they just fire someone like after something like this? I mean, again, you lose six straight. One of them still aligns with the interim head coach. And, again, you can't beat the Lions with uh, you know without Patricia. Apparently that was that was the, the end-all, be-all there was Matt Patricia, apparently. Um, but for real though, uh, I don't expect the Bears to make a move because they, I don't, I think they're one of like only a couple teams never to fire a coach midseason, like ever. And I don't expect that to change. I don't know if it's a respect thing, but you think they would have some damn respect like to themselves as a franchise to maybe get that inner spark and just say enough is enough and you're not good enough and we can try to do something else now but just signal to the whole franchise like change is coming we need to figure it out because this is just not working do you think they do anything this week because if so we need to prepare for an emergency pod yeah well honestly i don't think they do it but they should they absolutely should because doing or not firing anybody after two losses to you know nfc north rivals and you know embarrassing on sunday night and this is embarrassing as well so yeah, three. So losing to the NFC North and all different ways for each one of them. But like you're you're telling your your team, your fan base that you're accepting mediocrity or really less than that if you keep putting out the same guys and saying, "You know what? They lost. It was a close one. Look, it was a four-point game. They could have had it." No, what's it going to take to really cause some change? They have to go 0 and 16 to finally make something happen. Like it this should be it. You can't lose to the Lions. You can't lose, get embarrassed on Sunday night football and have 146 total yards against the Minnesota Vikings for a game. You can't have that in a three-game stretch and expect to keep your job and say that you're good enough, you're the best person available. I don't know what they would do. Like, who would be even, would it be Chuck Pagano I don't, for interim? I don't know. But they, this organization needs to look at themselves in the mirror. And McCaskey, George McCaskey needs to look and be like, I need to do something. I, I can't keep putting this out there, this this product, because look what it does. They lose to the Lions. You can't do that and expect to have your job. Um, I think it should happen, but it won't. I think we all know deep down, everyone in this chat, everyone watching who will listen, all these guys will be back. They'll be game planning for the Houston Texans, and we'll go on with this season, and that's all that's going to happen. It's just going to make such a long month of December, Nick. Uh, it's going to really make the rest of the season drag on. Just accepting the atrocity uh, that is the Chicago Bears 2020 season. Uh, and just, again, the, the downward spiral ever since uh, the wild card lost the Eagles just uh, a couple of years ago. It's been it's been tough. It's a tough pill to swallow, um, but it's the reality that's been given to us. And the only thing we can do um, is accept it. We don't have any power to make the Bears do anything. But, again, when you lose to the Lions, 
when you lose to the Lions without their GM and without their head coach that they started the season with, and you pretty much should have lost to the Lions week one, like the Bears are bad, and it's not going to get any better. Uh, and like I said, it's probably going to get worse before it does. But like you, I would be surprised if they made a move. Uh, just looking at the history of the franchise and uh, their inability to make any in-season big boy decisions. Uh, they always have to wait until they can get into the shadows a little bit more um, until they do, which, okay, I, I guess, but you're really making uh, things difficult for us fans here as we kind of get through the end. And there was a point this this game, Nick, where I was looking at the empty soldier field and I was like, God, I feel bad. Like there's the thousands upon thousands of people that could have been at this game, every other game, not just here, but across the NFL. And then the game ends. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't there. Like there was a point where I was like, I wish I was at this game because I would love to go see uh, some in-person football. And then it falls apart like it, we should expect it to. And I'm like, well, at least I didn't waste my money on tickets and everything else that kind of goes around with it uh, yet again. But anything else big picture that you wanted to mention here on the post game? Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that the Bears are like if you were to even compare their this franchise to their opponent, they're going to play next week. Next week, the Houston Texans. You know what? At least Houston has that, or that the Bears don't. It's a franchise quarterback, and when you have that, you can kind of work around that and make things work. Um, but the Bears don't have that, and there's no reason to think that they'll ever get that right. And then plus all the other issues that we mentioned just throughout the show and throughout this season, really well, and even last year. That's what scares me about change. Like we talk about it, and I know I've, we talked about this too. Like they can make a change, but it doesn't guarantee anything's really going to change the outcome of what this Bears team really is so that's what's so damning about the entire situation they just need a lot of things to go right everything to kind of go in their favor and for the Bears it really things don't usually happen like that so it's we'll have to wait and see what ends up really happening all right well hey let's get into the final portion of our show here and get through our last few segments and we'll call it a day I see my kid playing catch with the football outside in the front yard by himself and we have about I don't know 40 minutes of daylight left and maybe I want to go toss him a few footballs and kind of forget about what I just watched here so if we had to call an audible was I right was it going to be the Mitch fumble or do you have another moment for God be that you thought you know what that's a bigger one to get rid of because I can't find one in my head no we'll just go with the Mitch fumble that that really <laughs> is the play of the game it's everything it is everything you're right uh, that's I mean that's a microcosm of the season uh, in one play if you can wrap it up it would be the Mitch fumble like the Bears can't get out of their own damn way uh, and that's a perfect example of that so that'll be our audible moment of week 13 uh, surprise <laughs> uh, that's gonna be it uh, Nick's already shaking his magic eight ball so I'm curious where this is gonna go in a moment who's gonna be your MVB though uh, I'm curious to see where this one goes I have mine but uh you can definitely uh steal it and I think you may yeah we have to go with Dave Montgomery here well yep. I think he just played phenomenally um look there were just so much effort in each and every run that he, he he plays with and just uh being a factor just being a big factor I know I, I did a video what two weeks ago just where my main takeaway is like just keep feeding Dave Montgomery for the rest of the season good things will happen I think we're starting to really see that, and this offensive line's giving him opportunities. So definitely David Montgomery for me. Yep, I, I agree. It's back-to-back games for uh, David Montgomery. So I think the last month is brought to you by Roquan Smith and David Montgomery, if I remember correctly. Uh, but, yeah, 72 yards on the ground, a lot of chunk plays coming from him, whether it's uh, in between the tackles, off tackle, running the Wildcat. David Montgomery was having himself a day, and uh, I would love to see him get fed more throughout this season. It's uh, it's an interesting combination for me because I don't want to put a lot of extra, you know, uh, wear on the tires yet because we do have a longer uh, period here that we want him to be able to be effective. But also, I think for his career and his confidence, he needs that. And perhaps more importantly, that offensive line where you have Mustafer at center, Bars at guard, and of course, Whitehair at guard. Perhaps that's another combination that you want to keep looking at as well to see what you have. Uh, in Mustafer, particularly at center, um, because if Whitehair plays guard, then, of course, James Daniels is the other guard. I want to be an Alex Bars, but he can be a good uh, third option for your team, potentially, in 2020 if he keeps playing like he has today. But uh, definitely MVB goes to David Montgomery. So, Nick, over to you. What's going to be your Week 13 sixth straight loss two-minute warning? Have fun. Yeah, um, Will, I don't know where to take this, honestly, because it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, the Bears, 
losing six straight, it, like you said, have been saying it's it's hard to lose. Just put in the next number there. That's what it seems like it's going to inevitably be for the Bears. When will this end? And that's what I was shaking uh, the eight ball. Just uh, will the Bears win another game? And we were talking about it. Detroit Lions was probably the best opportunity to do so. Ask again later. We're asking again right now, eight ball, because yes, they're going to win maybe. But the Bears are just in a tough spot. Well, um, again, offensively, are things starting to look a, a little better? Sure if you want to say that but the bar was set so low that a little better is not really changing changing things dropping 30 on the lions it's it's the lions let's see what happens with houston not that they're that much of a better defense but they're just a better team they're just not the lions so and then defensively man i have a feeling the bears are going to get lit up by deshaun watson i kind of hope it happens I really do, just to see what Twitter is going to be like. Oh man, it's going to be it's going to be something. I might have, get a few laughs from that, but there's no hope for the season. I am almost to the point where I'm checked out, where I just don't really care anymore. Like this game, I was pretty relaxed. Um, you know, just kind of I was eating during the game. I usually never eat. Will I was having little pigs in the blanket, just popping a few of those in and just just relaxing. But um, I don't think people fans should get so emotionally invested in these anymore because it doesn't freaking matter i had a bears hoodie bears hat and right before i came on well i said get that crap off of me let me go with a different look here and i think that's how fans should be just fed up with this poor awful product that the bears keep dishing out there every single week because it's it's time for change like i said i don't know if that changes anything but it's time and that's all i got Good timing, right on the dot there. Well, I'll start mine by saying the fact that you are relaxed and eating food, I think, tells me everything about your mental state when it comes to this season. Uh, I'm in the same boat. My note sheet uh, with each week feels like it's getting less and less work on it because we can discuss the product on the field, which is not good, and there's no reason to get into every little minute stat, minute detail, this specific drive, this, that specific play, that it just doesn't make um, a lot of sense right now at this point of the season because, you know, behold, the Bears will find a way to let things kind of slip right through their hands. And uh, I think as of right now, if I saw correctly, the Bears hold the 13th pick of the draft or they would be slated to hold that pick. So I don't know if that's a a silver lining or not, but they do keep moving up uh, the draft board and getting themselves closer to uh, potentially a top 10 pick, which, uh, again, give it a month and a half ago if you would have said, hey, Will, uh, good news. Uh, wait till the second week of December, and you'll be looking at a top ten potential pick team. And I'm like, what? We're five and one. What are you talking about? And then I'd watch everything else unfold from there. But offense, I think we all know where it sits. Uh, nothing really more to their defense. Uh, the disappointment does put a sour taste in my mouth, just because I do expect a lot from uh, that unit, and I'm just um, embarrassed of this team. Embarrassed of the lack of leadership, the lack of accountability, the lack of fight. Uh, and the fact that you would let things slip away through uh, against Detroit in the way that they did. Again, I use the word microcosm, and I can't yet uh, find a better word for it right now that just kind of uh, encapsulates the entire Chicago Bears season in a nutshell than uh, not ju- I mean, this game, honestly, right? The Bears get a lead. The Bears squander it. They can't do anything in the third quarter. Defense is starting to let their foot off the gas. It's just everything that we've seen all year long reared its head at one way or the other. Um, in this game and it, like it's not going to get much better this year and uh, Nick we have a busy off season a- ahead uh, and that's where I'm going to kind of end finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Uh, my two-minute warning, Nick. I'll give you one last chance if you want to say anything else on record about this game or about the Bears before we sign off. They suck. That's it. Done. Just two words in, out. 
and we're all uh, good to close. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast episode, whether you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, uh, Twitch, or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, no matter where you are or how you consume our show, just know that Nick and I, we really appreciate you. Uh, make sure to subscribe rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. It does mean a lot to us and helps us reach more Bears fans just like you. And up next, uh, as you already know, it is Texans week. We'll get a firsthand look at one of the quarterbacks that uh, us as Bears fans missed out on in that 2017 draft in Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about that and everything else here in just a few short days. Um, but until then, uh, let's all stick together. We'll regroup and we'll see what comes of uh, the remainder of this season. And again, if for some reason the Bears do decide to put on some big boy pants and make some in-season changes. Uh, we'll make sure to do an emergency podcast to talk about those decisions, the repercussions of them, and, of course, our thoughts. But until next time, no matter when that is, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 